This is Patty Scalzo, welcoming all our listeners to Shir Jashub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Fellowship of Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, and I will be continuing our series on Heavenly Authority. And now, let's go into the study. In our background study in the Old Testament on heavenly authority, we want to go a little bit back in the Exodus chronology from where we were last time to the point when the Israelites arrive at the wilderness of Sinai. Jethro, the priest of Midian and father-in-law of Moses, hears all that God has done for Moses and the Israelites in bringing them out of Egypt. Moses had sent his wife Zipporah and his two sons, Gershom and Eleazar, back to stay with Jethro. Now Jethro takes them to meet Moses, where he is encamped at the mountain of God. We'll pick up our reading in Exodus, chapter 18, starting at verse 13. And so it was on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. So when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit, and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a difficulty, they come to me, and I judge between one and another, and I make known the statutes of God and his laws. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out, for this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Notice Jethro says, You will surely wear yourselves out. Both Moses and the people are worn out by the system. It is not a healthy situation. The work that Moses is doing for the people is too much. It is beyond the limits of one man. He goes from morning to evening and there is no break. And Patty, that brings us to our next important principle in the heavenly authority study. There is only so much one person can do, no matter how good the intentions. A person must know his or her specific ministry and do no less, but neither can he or she do any more. We will see later on in our study series that there are specific ministries within the church and how really each person has a part to perform. Each has his or her own specific race to run. And wisdom is knowing the boundaries of that work, knowing what we are truly called to do and can do, as opposed to those things which we are attempting to do and which are beyond the scope of that call maybe because others have made us feel in some way obligated. And this is particularly true of those called to public ministry and leadership. It is very easy to be made to feel guilty by others in the fellowship for not doing this or that. It is very easy to work from morning to evening, sometimes to the detriment of what God has really planned for you to accomplish. And even when you are doing that which is right and part of your calling, as Moses is doing in this situation, Still, many times, you just cannot do it alone. It is just too much for one person. Jethro continues in verse 19. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people, so that you may bring the difficulties to God. 
and you shall teach them the statutes and the laws, and show them the way in which they must walk, and the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all this people will also go to their place in peace. So Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel, and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. So they judged the people at all times, the hard cases they brought to Moses, but they judged every small case themselves. Although Moses is the public minister, and in a great position of authority, he cannot do the task on his own. He needs help. He must be able to delegate responsibilities. And so it is with any ministry of the Lord. So it is with the body of Christ. The significant principle here is that the work of the Lord goes smoothly and is less hard or difficult when there are the appropriate helpers, those people who, under the leadership, assist and so receive authority and responsibilities themselves. As in a body, each part is needed, both the obvious and the not so obvious. And when each part does what it is supposed to, and there is the appropriate help in the church for the congregation's leader, everyone benefits, because those called to public ministry are not worn out. And Patty, notice what Jethro says in verse 20. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws, and show them the way in which they must walk, and the work they must do. Moses is an anointed leader, but leadership means to teach and show and bring others to the same point as the leader, that they can also do and know what he knows. The writer of the book of Hebrews expresses frustration with those believers who remain spiritually immature and cannot move ahead into the place God has for them. He says in chapter 5, verses 11 to 14, We have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And from our text in Exodus, verse 21, notice also the qualities and characteristics of leadership which Moses would use as a basis to appoint those who would judge thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. One, they were able or capable men. Two, they feared God. Three, they were men of truth. And four, they hated covetousness or dishonest gain. Later on in Deuteronomy chapter 1, when Moses reviews this event, in verse 15 he says, So I took the heads of your tribes, wise and knowledgeable men, and made them heads over you, 
leaders of thousands, leaders of hundreds, leaders of fifties, leaders of tens, and officers for your tribes. Then I commanded your judges at that time, saying, Hear the cases between your brethren, and judge righteously between a man and his brother or a stranger who is with him. You shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid in any man's presence, for the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you, bring to me, and I will hear it. Wise and knowledgeable, judging righteously, not showing partiality, not afraid of any man or their position or their opinion, for the judgment is God's. And Patty, when you put the two lists together from Exodus and Deuteronomy, we have a wonderful criteria for who should serve in leadership positions, as well as characteristics which every Christian should strive for if they are to be useful in this life for God's kingdom work. And really, they are necessary qualifications for any leadership. I wonder of how many in our government we can say that they fear God and are persons of truth, that they hate dishonest gain and judge righteously and without partiality, that they are not afraid of men and are wise and capable and knowledgeable. God's Word teaches that character is indeed important for leadership. Now in Exodus 18.22, Jethro tells Moses that it will be easier for him because these men he will select to help him judge will bear the burden with him. Yet it will not be easy street for Moses, for as he says in verse 23, then you will be able to endure, or then you will be able to stand the strain. Moses will still be challenged, but now it is doable. Without help and assistance, the burden would be overbearing. Also, for the purpose of our study, notice that Moses, God's anointed leader, appoints these men. But these men do not need to appoint or choose Moses as leader, for his authority is certified by God. Okay, let's move on in the study. In our last few programs, we have examined the call of Moses, the response of Moses to God's call, and then the response of the people to Moses. What we want to begin today is a part of our study where we will look at the response of the people to God. And we are going to again see the distinction between the individual, Moses, who is called into a direct relationship with God, and the nation, which derives its blessing from the promise to Abraham. Let's continue in Exodus chapter 19. The Israelites are camped in the wilderness of Sinai before the mountain of the Lord, and Moses goes up the mountain. Starting at verse 3 we read, And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Although the whole earth is the Lord's, they were to be a special treasure, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And we think back to our study on Melchizedek and the priesthood in the order of Melchizedek as opposed to the Levitical priesthood. God's heart's desire is to have all the people enter into a special, precious relationship with Him. 
They are all to obey and keep his covenant, and they are all to serve before him, not just one tribe and only certain individuals in that tribe. Rather, they are to be a kingdom of priests. Moses calls for the elders of the people and sets before them all these words of the Lord. And the people answer, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Moses brings their response back to the Lord. Then we read in verse 9, And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in the thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you, and believe you forever. So Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. The Lord would appear in power on Mount Horeb, in a thick cloud, and would speak to Moses so that the people would hear the sound of his words. And he says he will do this so that the people would believe or put their trust in Moses forever. Obviously the signs, the thunderings and lightnings, the thick cloud and the loud sound of the trumpet that would happen on the third day when the Ten Commandments would be given, confirmed Moses' leadership to the people in a very spectacular way. But why Moses' leadership? What was different about Moses? And how would the people respond to God's manifest presence? We'll examine this historic event and answer those questions in our next program. Praise the Lord for His Holy Word. This is a good point at which to end our study today. If you would like to write to us, or you feel led of the Lord to help support our church's outreach, our address is Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle's Sunday service is at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. The exit off I-95 is exit 61. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shear Jashub.